Welcome to the HUM Podcast, Highland University Ministries online space. We seek to be a voice that walks with you through scripture and helps guide you to pray out of scripture. Right now, we are studying through the book of Nehemiah together. In this episode, you'll figure out what in the world Khalid has to do with Nehemiah as we read Nehemiah 11, 1 through 36. So open your Bibles and let's get started. Where do you want to live? Doesn't it seem like this question makes a list of frequently asked questions in this phase of life? I'm sure it makes it to the top of the list just with the other classic ones like, what's your major? Where are you from? And why do you only act like an only child? Okay, maybe that last one was just for me and my college experience. But there's such a mystery to location. We encourage each other that it really doesn't matter, but it seems to be a matter of conversation an awful lot especially when you're nearing graduation. And oh goodness, don't even bring it up with the word God around it. Because you'll find two types of conversations that usually break down as soon as you talk about where you live, where you're supposed to live and go and God. You'll either find a group of people that say God could care less where you go. Or you could work with another group of people that would say God knows exactly where you're supposed to go. And you need to make sure that you're following that map. What if it's possible that there may be an in-between? What if God cares, but cares in a different way than your helicopter parents may care about it? What if it's the way that we see in Nehemiah 11, 1 through 36? Let's go ahead and unpack it for a minute, and then I'll explain what I mean. Nehemiah 11, 1 through 36. Give it a read. I would assume you are not surprised at this point we've run into another list in the book of Nehemiah. Who chose this book in the first place? If I remember correctly, I believe there's seven lists and that we've ran into yet another one. You would almost think Nehemiah is a big fan of Santa Claus's work because he's always making a list and we're the ones that are having to read it more than twice. I know I'm really proud of that line. The people of this list are worth listing in the Hall of Fame, though. Because as new walls are being built, that means that courage now has to be built in the hearts of the community. For the people who are going to live in the hub, the center, the city of Jerusalem. Let's just say the city itself is not coveted real estate because of a couple of realities. The first reality is the need to build an economy and a way of life around it. Although stilts are in place, stability is needed in more than just a physical sense. The second reality is the potential for hard realities for those who reside in the city. Enemies of people, enemies of, pe- of God's people would target Jerusalem before any other city to be able to make a statement if they were going to attack. Living in Jerusalem is living with the reality of a target on your back that's always in the back of your mind. When is the next time we may have to face a battle or a war? And the final reality is, quite frankly, it's a different terrain and way of life for those who mostly lived in villages and rural areas while in exile. So why go to all this hassle in the first place to move people into this city? Because of the description that Nehemiah gives to the city. It's not just any city. 
we actually find out in one of the first verses that it's called the holy city, which Jerusalem is only referenced as the holy city five times throughout the whole new the sorry the Old Testament, not the New Testament. That'd be confusing, but it's listed a couple times in this book and in Daniel and Isaiah. So it's a way of highlighting the description and the state of the city. And although there would be a lot of unknowns moving into this city, it's known by God and known as the place where the Holy One pours out his holiness onto the people. The holy city, in other words, needs people in order for the holiness of God to pour into the world. That's what's there in Nehemiah 11. All right, so how do we get there? So a fair question at this point is, uh, how does this really connect with where I may live in the future? Uh, do I need a one-way ticket to Jerusalem? Not quite. One of the things to notice is how this list forms. There's some that are chosen at random. That's what's going on with the whole casting lots things. There are others who are given permission to stay put where they are. And then there are others who volunteer on behalf of other people in the community to go live in the holy city. Isn't that fascinating? It's almost like the Bible's version of the Hunger Games. I volunteer as holy tribute. Well, it's not exactly like that, but you know what I mean. It was just worth the reference. Here's where I'm getting at with God moving in location. God values location. It's obvious in the scriptures. When God wants to connect with God's people in the Old Testament, he longs to dwell with them in a physical location. At times, things seem to be orchestrated when it comes to location. At other times, it's the will of people. And then sometimes it's people who are just taking a blind step out and seeing if that's a step of God. The city of God was important to God because it helped the people locate God in the world who didn't know God. Your location matters to God, not because there's a right and wrong place to be, and God's always asking you to send your location, shout out to our boy Khalid, but your location matters because God wants others to be able to locate God through wherever you dwell. One of my favorite writers who I would probably fangirl over at some point is A.J. Swoboda, and he talks about how Christianity is not fear factor Christianity. Your location does not determine your level of faith. A mentality that says if you're truly living your faith, you're doing something completely crazy and off the wall all the time. Faithfulness for some people is staying right where you are. For others, faithfulness is going somewhere beyond where you are right now. Some of us are to go where it's stable and build stable lives for other people. Others of us are to go where there's zero stability. It's about our heart and what God teaches our heart to beat for when it comes to the divine kingdom, which means some of us may plan to plant roots in one or two locations for our whole lives, and others of us will be in a different location every time we turn our head. The question for us isn't where is the right place to go, but where can others locate most clearly the God that we know through Jesus, through our life? through our ministry, through our job, through our possible family, and through our everyday.
So let's go there. I want to think I want you to think about the last time you thought about or answered the question, where do you want to live? Where do you want to live? Sit before God with this question and allow yourself to sit with the question of what has been my motivations for describing and deciding where I want to live post-graduation. You might just find something there in your heart that you weren't expecting. And maybe it's something that could lead to something great. May you go in peace with this time with God.